It bothered me for a long time that I didn't have this like, wow moment of this happened in my life, the Lord. But he did change me. He changed me at seven years old. I was a sinner at seven years old. Right. So while I, did, it, I don't remember a lot of the details, I do know the Lord saved me. I felt conviction of sin from there on out. I loved the Word. I loved being under the teaching of the Word. So my testimony kind of starts there and then kind of unfolds into young adulthood and to now. We are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is My Grace Life Story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. All right, we are with Nathan and Laura Mangrum talking a little bit about their Grace Life story and how the Lord has brought them to Grace Life and how He's worked in their lives. And so, guys, I wanted to start with this. And Nathan, I'm going to start with you. And then when you're done, Laura, I'm going to go to you. I just wanted you guys, if you could, give us a little bit of your testimony of conversion. And we don't need, like, to start at birth and come to today, all right, but maybe just the two-minute version of how you came to faith, how you came to know the Lord. And so, Nathan, you go first, and then, Laura, you share your testimony after that. All right. Well, I grew up in a in a Christian home. We were in church every time the doors were open. My father was a music leader, and then he died when I was four. And so my mom and me and my stepdad, who she married a couple of years later, moved to a different church. It was a little more Armenian. And so the thing I will say, though, is that they did preach the gospel. They talked about sin. They told us that we needed a Savior. And I began to think about my lostness as a kid. So I was that was probably eight years old or so. And uh, I was a good kid, pious kid, did exactly what I was told, looked like the, you know, the, the good kid. But everything that I did was for me. My, my motives were to get a pat on the back, to be told that I was a good kid. But as I began to think about my sin, based off of the preaching that I heard, I really got a little jaded about church. I didn't want to be told about my sin. I didn't want to go to church. If I could find an excuse or a reason to prevent my parents from going to church, I would do that. And then one, I guess I was probably 10, about two years later, our pastor had preached a sermon about sin and about our depravity and about uh, the beauty of Christ. And I can remember laying in my bed one night when I was 10 years old, and I was just miserable. And I'd been miserable for two years, but I was absolutely miserable. And I called out to my mom and her, and my stepdad came in, and we talked about becoming a Christian. And I believe the Lord saved me that night. Luckily, that same guy, even though it was in a more country Armenian church, he counseled me many times we met and so I had a, at least some understanding of the gospel and I believe the Lord had saved me and so I was converted there that's really my conversion story now everything that happened after I began to think about things a lot different but we left that church went to Shelbyville Mills and we can talk about that later but that's kind of almost like a it's not a second conversion but almost like a second conversion I began to see the Bible in a different way okay like Nathan grew up in church we actually attended the local Methodist church when I was very young and then moved to First Baptist Church of Shelbyville around the time I was in second grade. Vacation Bible school, I was actually seven years old. I don't remember a lot about the scene or the moment or when it happened, but 
I remember being at vacation Bible school. We were in lesson time, and I think there was somewhat of a moment of clarity. That is a seven-year-old, if you can put it that way, of the Lord saving me. And I just remember walking outside of that room, and we had a children's leader at that time. Her name was Miss Debbie. And I think I went home to my parents, talked to them for a little while that night, and tell, told them about what the Lord had done in my heart and I wanted to, that I wanted to talk to Miss Debbie. And so they set me up an appointment and talked with Miss Debbie. It bothered me for a long time that I couldn't remember the moment of my salvation because, I mean, being seven years old, and it bothered me for a long time going in, like into youth, into my young adulthood, that I couldn't remember the moment that the Lord saved me. So I just, I had this testimony of like my, going to my parents, and I have the testimony of going to Miss Debbie, and I have the testimony of being baptized. So there was a church split that was about to happen at First Baptist. Um, we were we were switching just prior to that, but there were some things going on in that church that my father had seen that was not healthy. Okay. Yeah, sure. That led us to. A different church, and it was um, Shelbyville Mills. So gotcha. it was about the time I was entering youth group. So I will say then, like, once I started learning more and understanding more, I started examining my life um, in the sense of, okay, did I think that this was what happened to me right. at, at seven years old? And and I, again, went to my parents and went to some counsel and got some, I guess, in a way, confirmation of my salvation, I think, as a young I'm thankful that the Lord saved me at seven years old. And I try to explain that to the children here that we're teaching in first grade, that the Lord can save you at seven years old. Yeah, yeah. But that's a little bit, I mean, my, my testimony, it bothered me for a long time that I didn't have this like, wow moment of this happened in my life. The Lord, But he did change me. He changed me at seven years old. I was a sinner at seven years old. Right. So my life did change at seven years old. So while I did, it, I don't remember a lot of the details. I do know the Lord saved me. I felt conviction of sin from there on out. I loved the Word. I loved being under the teaching of the Word. So my testimony kind of starts there and then kind of unfolds into young adulthood and to now. But um, that's just a short, brief testimony of when the Lord saved me. All right, good. All right, so Nathan, back, back to you, because I didn't ask you this. I asked Laura that. But at some point, you know, the Lord's working in your life. At some point, you guys have a a change yes. of local churches as well. So yes. what brought that about for your family? So we were actually at a church in Normandy, Tennessee, and a new pastor came. The The previous pastor left to go to a Bible college. He was going to be the dean, I believe, of one of the areas in the Bible college. And so a new pastor came, similar to Laura. He was an, an interesting guy, not necessarily a, a biblical pastor, and he actually split the church one Sunday. He said, all you guys, I know there's some things going on. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I was probably like 12. If you're with me, come up here on the, the platform. If you're not, you can stay out in the— He just the, drew a line. He just hard line in the sand. And I remember looking back. I was sitting with some of the youth. I remember looking back at my parents, and I just got the come here finger. We walked out and didn't go back because they saw the, the writing on the wall that this is about to get really bad really quick. And uh, my mom actually worked with a guy— who was a member at Shelbyville Mills, who had been a, a member at the church that we were at. Um, and I had some friends that had gone there. And so after we had visited a few other Baptist churches that were closer to our house, we ended up at Shelbyville Mills. Like you, it was, it was like, this is strange. I've never heard people actually talk this much about the script. Like that's all they talk about. It's not all of the felt board, 
you know, Christianity when you're a kid and then talk about cool hip things and go to the Youth Evangelism Conference in Murfreesboro, which is what I grew up in. Right. Um, so it was, it was very different. So how old were you when you got to Shelbyville Mills? I'm trying to remember exactly. I believe I was like 13. Okay. So And you, Laura, you were 14. close because sixth grade is what, 11, 12? Mm-hmm. They she might have been the, there like they, two years they before me. By, yeah, okay. about two years after. All right. I think eighth grade. Yes. Okay. All right. So you get to Shelbyville Mills, and of course, you know, anybody at Grace Life Church is very familiar with Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, and they're familiar with Pastor John O'Sims. I mean, he's been here to preach. They are a sister church in, in every way that someone can be a sister church for us. But so talk, talk a little bit now about you get to Shelbyville Mills. Obviously, you're, you're converted at this point in time. You're, you're in the youth group uh, there, something that I know Brother Jono really likes. You know, he really likes the youth group, which is wonderful, and they do a great job of investing in the next generation there. So talk a little bit about your experience at Shelbyville Mills, so, because both of you have mentioned, okay, so this we were in this church, and then we get to Shelbyville Mills, and that's different. That looks different. That feels different. It's no longer, I think you called it, Nathan, the felt board Christianity. And once again, a blast from the past. We can probably all remember back to the old felt figures that you put up on the board, and then you take them down and things of that right. sort. So pick us up now with your Shelbyville Mills. This is different. This is a different church environment. What was different about it? How was it different? How did that change of local church life impact you guys at that point in your lives? For me... My very first experience with Shelbyville Mills was actually youth camp, which is really something that Shelbyville Mills pushes. Brother Jono always preaches youth camp. And I believe the guy's name is Timothy George, did a study called Amazing Grace. And so I went from an Armenian country Baptist church to a youth camp where Brother Jono was talking about the doctrines of grace. So you went from Armenian Church and your first experience at Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church to was the five points of Calvinism. Yes, we literally we literally went through the five points of Calvinism, and it was it was I I, I know that, that I was not I was converted, but as I've said before, it's almost like a like I was saved again because when Jono preached those things, I was like, yes, that's that's exactly what the Bible says. Why have I never heard this before? And so my my first experience was like a slap in the face. It's compl- something completely different than anything that I had had. Um, and so, then, so when you say you've never heard, experienced that before, so you're just not a blank slate, but as far as Reformed theology, zero. that was just zero experience. Zero. And so then Jono begins to preach, and and so that's an, an eye-opening experience. Yes. I would assume that it's that way for all of us, you know, when we begin to maybe delve into those things in the Scripture. So was was there any sense when, when you heard those things, was there, was there any way in which at first you had any sort of check, like, wait a minute, you know, I I don't know. I mean, this, man, choose and predestinate and, hey, you know, what is this all about? Or, or did you pretty much, did, you know, it was, hey, I embrace this. I see this and, and praise the Lord for it. I honestly don't remember any check. And it may have just begin, be because Jono seemed so certain of what he was preaching. And I was reading the Bible as he was preaching it. And you can't, I couldn't argue with the fact that that is literally what the scripture said. And so yeah. I don't remember a, any check in my spirit. I just remember going, yes, this is, this is right. I, where have I, where's this been the last 15 years of my yeah, life? Yeah, right. So that was kind of my first Shelbyville Mills experience. Then you get into actually going and being in the church, going to Shelbyville Mills to small groups or Sunday school at that time, I think they were called. I became, I guess for a little while, one of those like cage stage Calvinist Absolutely. guys. Um, Did you like get in arguments with people and 
Oh yes, out theologize. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes. And in, in in high school, I wanted to to talk about those things and argue uh, with everybody about. Well, listen, you're wrong. Right? Right, this is right. what, obviously what the Bible says. Luckily, we had Jono there to help balance. Yes. So that's a good amen. thing. And yes. and other guys to help balance. But that was kind of my early introduction to Shelbyville Mills and Reformed theology. Okay. All right, Laura, give us the – so you, you, you're converted. You guys make a, a, a church change as well, and you come into Shelbyville Mills. So give us the, you know, the, the, the quick – story of your first early experiences there coming okay. to Shelbyville Mills. So a lot of a lot was changing around that time. I was a sixth grader. My mom had also just been offered a job at a, a school. So I was about to change churches and change schools all within um, a week, which was just in the same town. But I remember going into my small group class, which was all girls. It wasn't meant to be that way, but my group was all girls. Right. I introduced myself, and Amy Beth was Sims was in my class, so I knew her, and she was new at at the Cas- Cascade Middle as well. So I was like, right. I'm going to be at school tomorrow. I'm changing schools. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember that being like my first memory of walking into my sixth grade small group class, meeting some of the girls, and most of them going to be at my new school. Yeah. So that was encouraging. But I don't. Rem- it's a little murky until I get to Amazing Grace Camp of eighth grade. Okay. I probably had. Um, I'd been at youth group those two years in between, but Amazing Grace was a core memory for me as well. Yeah. Again, like a confirmation of kind of that doubt that I'd had right. of being a young, young converted Christian. Right. And then you go to a camp like that and you're like, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. what I believe. That's who I am. I went to, Nathan and I went to different high schools. Yes. In the you area, you went to the fancy one, right? I went to. He went to the big went city to the, school. I went to the Nathan the went to the city fancy school. one. I was at. I don't know if fancy would be the word <laughs> I use, but, but uh, I went to Cascade High School, which was one of the county Cascade schools, is the champions, right? the champions Cascade go. champions, and a majority of our youth group were Cascade students. Okay, Nathan was kind of in the That's minority of the, the only youth group. One that was not <laughs> as far as Shelbyville Central, but we had a we had a great group. Of, That's one of the rare youth groups where it, almost every single one of the people that was in that youth group are still there, you know, 15 years later serving right. wow. de- on the deacon board or teaching small groups. Or, yeah. Some was, of the best was, we memories were, we have are had a great, were youth yes, group and youth camp, group. and I think that's why Jono loves it because he's probably seen the fruit of that. Yeah. Because the fruit of that have been has been that very thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, if they're still there. They're serving in the youth. They're on deacons. Their wives are serving. Their wives are in the children. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. I think that would be pretty neat to see. Yeah. And also in the youth group, Nathan started taking notice of somebody, didn't he? Uh, yes. I had never <laughs> met this this girl named Laura uh, Clinton at the time, but yes, I had I'd never met her, and she was at Cascade. Had gone to Liberty. Those were the the schools on the other side of the county, and I actually went to the the city school I actually lived further out in the county than she did, but my mom worked in town, so she brought me in. And so I began to see, meet, talk to, actually at Amazing Grace Camp. Seems that Amazing Grace Camp is just, just grace all just over grace. the camp. Right? I actually <laughs> still a theology have... perspective, a family That's perspective. Right. So you meet Laura, and then you continue to get older, and obviously you guys are married now, and you have two kids. So so begin to kind of. You know, just walk us out. Obviously, you, you go to college and yes. get engaged and so on and so forth. So how, how does all that work? You want me to do this part work? or do you want to do it? Uh, I can. 
Well, I, I, I want to hear chase. Laura. Did, did Laura notice him? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. She'd be like, why is that guy from Central coming to our youth group now? We played sand volleyball at youth camp. Yeah, That's this how is, we met. This is a story right here. I'm not going to go into all the gory details. But he, I'll just – Laura <laughs> Laura had knees pouring in a band-aid. I had a band-aid, kit. Right? And I blew my heel out playing and sand volleyball. we had blisters from sand volleyball. That was it. And, and, I had, so and I had the Band-Aid. It was, it was love at first Band-Aid. <laughs> I should have known from then. He's so accident-prone, injury-prone. Uh, I have carried the bandages funny. from the last how many years? Also, it's telling of Laura's personality in that a 13-year-old girl had a first-aid kit with her at camp. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to high school. That's just the general high school stuff. And I went to college. I went to Tennessee Tech. And Laura went to middle, and so we had dated, courted, whatever word you want to use, up to that, up to college, and then we broke up. Um, we just were like, I don't see how this is going to happen. I'm three hours away. So that first semester, I was at Tech. Laura was at MTSU. I was getting my, at the time, degree in engineering. She was doing... When you started, what, what was, was your... I was undeclared. Undeclared. Ah, she was one undeclared. One of those... <laughs> And so I was still coming back pretty regular, and we ended up dating, courting again after freshman year, just did it long distance. I graduated a little bit early, and I ended up getting my degree in environmental agri-science. I had done some internships in South Georgia and then Middle Georgia and got a job in Noonan, Georgia, and Laura was still finishing up. And so while I was there, I struggled a lot. And I realized the importance of having a solid local church. I honestly probably attended 30 to 45 different churches in that Atlanta, Noonan area, just trying to find something that was close. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to find a, a Shelbyville Mills or a Grace Life-like church, but just something that was where the pastor was at least preaching the word. They were striving towards trying to get to biblical health and... Across the board, I didn't find that. I found feel-good pep talks. I found worship services with made mostly secular music being played. found the normal smoke and lights, you know, all of that, the stuff that you can think of, of the modern church. But I found no Christ. I found no God. I found no Bible being used at all. It was really just a, we'll tack Jesus' name on the end of a, of a pep talk. So for two and a half years, I was literally going to a different church every Sunday just trying to find something, and I was withering away. I had no, you know, I would go home occasionally, but that was five hours away and get a shot in the arm at going to Shelbyville Mills and being around those people. But I was struggling. I was struggling in my personal life as far as just my walk with the Lord because I was getting no community. I was getting, wasn't getting any kind of actual church experience. I was not part of a local church because I couldn't find one. And eventually that's what led us here. I had just, the Lord worked it where I had to go to a training. I worked for the the Department of Agriculture and we had assigned seats. I sat at a table with a lady that I had interned with. She had been in the office I'd interned with when I was a, I guess a junior. And another lady who turned out to be my supervisor in Florence, which is across the river. And they had actually gone to high school together, but one worked in Georgia and one worked in Alabama. So it was obvious, I mean, God's sovereignty and just working this whole thing out. Mm. 
And I had been trying, how many jobs do you think I applied for to try to move up and out of Five that area? different. At least that many. And they kept getting blocked by just random things. Like nobody was getting hired. They just blocked the panel and we'd have to do it again over and over again. And so Renee, who ended up being my supervisor in Florence, had said, hey, well, you know, we've got a job opening coming open in the next week or two. And then she said it was in Florence. And I remembered Florence is close to Muscle Shoals. Grace Life is there because of the relationship with Shelbyville Mills. Right. And I thought, I can actually go somewhere and not have to visit churches, right? I don't have to go anywhere else. I can go in and I can know I'm going to go to, to Grace Life. And so I applied and got the position. Nobody else applied, which was kind of incredible. It was a, it was a move up as far as it was a promotion, and it was to a better area. I mean, this is a kind of an area people want to move to, but nobody else right. applied. And so... That's how I wound up here. We, yeah. I moved here. I was still by myself. At, during that whole time, Laura and I had gotten engaged. And then. Because, Laura, you were in grad school. I was in right graduate now, school. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I remember Nathan making the trek mm-hmm. north to I was in Johnson grad City, school, so, Tennessee. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so, Laura, you can, if you want to talk any about that, but I'd actually proposed before she went to grad school because we thought she was going to get in at a college where mm-hmm. I was in, in Georgia, which was not really that good of a program. And right. so. The only program she got into was the good one, the like the hardest one to get into. Right. Yeah, uh, my version of that, it's very similar, but from my angle, I was applying to graduate school, and since he had graduated college a little bit before I did, I knew he was going to be in Georgia. So my route was going, okay, well, if we're going to get married, I guess I'm going to Georgia. Right. And I had similar concerns, and we, we had talked about that. So where are we going to go to church? If we're going to get married. Like, what's this going to look like? Since we, we're pretty grounded in what we believe and know, and we know what's right and what to do. But right. now if we're going to move, we've got to be serious about it. And, yeah. But yeah, I would apply to a school in Georgia, and I'd actually gotten an interview there, and then we were disappointed when I didn't get accepted there. But just looking back now, we talk about this often, about how the Lord just worked all of that out. Right. Because I was sitting at my GA job, and Nathan was like, there's a job opening in Florence, Alabama you think I should apply for it? I said, yeah, that's where Grace Life is. Yeah. I think that was my reply. Yeah. And, I mean, we were going to get married within the next six or seven months at that point. And, I mean, I was, go- again, I was going to go to Georgia. After graduate school, <laughs> we were going to and I wasn't looking forward to it. I mean, we were going to be pretty yeah, good distance from our families, both of our right, families. Right. So I was, we were going to go, and we were going to do it, new adventure. But then I was like, yeah, that's where Grace Life is, and it's two hours closer to home. Yeah. Sure. So I said, go for it. And he said, it's with this lady I sat with at the training that I went to three or four months ago. I said, well, there's got to be something to that. Like, right. there's not a coincidence that that connection was made. And I just had that inkling. I was like, he's going to get that job. We're going we're gonna to be good. We're going to be fine. And then graduated and yeah. moved here, got married, moved here. So. so how long were you here before Laura graduates and then you guys get married and y'all are both officially here? Ish. Maybe a little bit longer yeah. than that. Okay. I just know that uh, Brother David here didn't even believe that I had a fiancé because <laughs> she was so far away. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it was about six to nine months, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. But, man, it was like literally when I came to Grace Life, it was like I had been oxygen deprived for two years, right. and then somebody put the oxygen mask on me. It was just like, oh, my, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So so we're kind of catching up almost, almost to where we are in modern day. So, Nathan, when you say you get to Grace Life and, 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 and the oxygen mask is put on, 
you know, drill down on that a bit. So obviously, Grace Life and Shelbyville Mills, as I said, are, are sister churches. But I don't know that you had had you ever been to Grace no, Life before I had at heard this point. So you Brother just Jeff preach several okay, times, right, right, right. And I had actually heard you preach <laughs> okay. at Shelbyville Mills when I was in high school. Yeah, a long um, time ago. Right, I remember. So. You may have only had two children at the I time. I think Christian was pregnant with Ezra. There's no telling. Yeah. They were sitting well, on the front row. that's kind of a blur. I remember my, it because it was, uh, it was yeah. great. But, yeah, yeah I had never been here. I didn't right. know anything about Muscle Shoals. I actually accepted the job sight unseen. Never, I didn't know where I was moving to. It could have been a dump for all I knew, and I had no idea. <laughs> but but I coming. knew Grace Life was here, right? and so I was willing to do whatever it took to get somewhere to be in a church. Right. Okay, so – so if you remember, walk us through like your first time to come to Grace Life. Did, I, I don't know what time of year it was. Did you go to a small group? Whose small group was it? You know, get, give me some details on, okay, now I'm here. I've got right. the job. Right. I know I've heard Grace Life. I've heard Brother Jeff. Now I'm, I'm going to visit. This is my first Sunday in. What was that like? Well, my f- very, actually very first visit was on a Wednesday. Oh, I had, praise the Lord for I Wednesday moved, night church right. attenders. Amen. So, so I, I actually moved here on a, a Monday. The government moved. When you work for the government, a lot of times they'll move you, which is a man. That's great. Yeah. Um, so they moved me in, and so I thought, man, I can go on Wednesday night, and I walked in, and I believe you and Brother David were the the first staff members I talked to that night. I think John O had kind of told you guys I was coming. Right. But the very first person I, I spoke to is a gentleman here named Kenneth Myhan. Yeah. Um, who's senior adult. Just a great guy. If I could grow up and be like Kenneth Myhan, it would be a, a successful yeah, life. Absolutely. And so um, he sat down beside me, and we just started talking. And he knew a lot about farming, knew a lot about no growing stuff and yeah. cattle. And so being in that field, me and him hit it off pretty well. I actually sat with him every Wednesday until I was on, well, until I started helping Blake with with children's stuff. Okay. Yeah. So had that, and then the next Sunday, my small group leaders were Brandon Mayfield. And Blake Keenum. And so I, there were four or five guys in there. Tyler Ferris was in there. He talked to me. Everybody was nice. I don't know why I remember this, but I think we were going through First Samuel. Okay. And so Brandon taught the, the lesson through First Samuel, and I knew I was where I needed to be just from that because we opened the yeah. Bible and we talked about what the Bible said. Yeah. And then, of course, I knew what I was getting from the pulpit. Yeah. I'd heard Brother Jeff before. Right. And – like I said, it was like coming home. I, yeah. kn- I knew I was where I needed to be. Yeah, cool. So, Laura, you had never been to Grace Life either, right, until mm-hmm. you, you guys get married and you yeah. kind of get here full-time yes. and things mm-hmm. of that sort. So, so all right, so same for you. Like, obviously, you knew about Grace Life, mm-hmm. and you heard Brother Jeff, heard some preaching, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. But what was your first step into Grace Life? I mean, what, what do you remember about okay. that, small so group wise, things of that sort? We had so. just gotten married. Um, it was the end of May of 2015. So my first Sunday, it was probably early June. We had right. just come back from our honeymoon, and Brother Jeff was going through Luke. I okay. remember that. Yep. Small group, I believe, because it, we had just June. We right. go on that July break right, where we right. before we switched small groups. So I think I was, I think I was in Margot Bailey and Miss Sandra Brown's class for like a month. Okay. I yep. think. Either that or Sarah and Kristen. Then I moved to Sarah and Kristen's. That I, that was okay. the first class I spent the full small kind of group full year, year in. in. I got you. Yep. So I remember Mario and Sandra's class was rather large for a small group. But I remember those girls being very kind to me, welcoming me in and a lot of them were already mothers, which was a like a wow. 
Right. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, it was, but it was an awesome mix of, of young ladies like, like myself. Some of them were in school, finishing school. Some of them were young moms, you know, just the godly women that Sandra and Margo are were in those four weeks of just being here for that short amount of time in small group. Right. Very welcoming into introducing me. And I don't remember what we were going through in the moment of, as far as lesson curriculum, but I remember that the relationships that I have now were probably made in those early days, um, which is a great memory, I feel like, because when you come into Grace Life, it is a rather large building. Sure. And I tell people that now, I'm like, this is a larger church than what I grew up in right but it doesn't feel yeah. big so sure. if you get in there and kind of start to meet a few people the walls kind of start coming in on you a little bit and you don't right. feel like it's such a, a overwhelming yeah. place yeah. but those were the early days yeah so how important was for you guys so you guys are newlyweds i mean job change for nathan finishing grad school for laura so and i know laura you came and and you got work pretty quick mm-hmm. and had Seems like you had to be a certain spot. I can't remember all of that story mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, looking back on that now, and and I just got done teaching the pre-engagement class, and so one of the things I always emphasize with them is, you know, guys, you, you have to establish this this spiritual discipline of placing yourselves in a healthy local church for the glory of God and for the good of your marriage, right? And then of course, you know, just for the good of your family as the Lord moves that forward. So, what can you guys say about? the importance and what effect it had on your early married years of being in a, a church environment that, you know, by God's grace is at least striving for, for biblical health. We, we haven't arrived, you know, on that front by any means. But what kind of role did that play in you guys' early life together as husband and wife? And, and even now as you have two kids and your family is, is growing and uh, both in number because they have a fairly— fairly new baby in the house, but then also just in age as well. Uh, how important was it and what effects has that played in you guys' home to be in a, a local church that's trying to, to be glory of God focused and Bible saturated and all those things we talk about here at Grace Life? Well, I think both of us grew up in families where it was a, a non-negotiable that you were going to be in church even when we were lost. And so that was something that was ingrained in us that we need to be here and then it, it and then as we became christians we knew yes we have to be here and coming from shivable mills and a, a local a healthy local church we knew we had to be here and so that wasn't really a question of whether or not we're going to be here but the importance would be we had no family we had no friends we had nothing our entire life was centered around grace life every friend that we have here for the most part is at grace life our family, you know, we have family two and a half, three hours away, but our family is Grace Life. And so if we hadn't had that in our early years, I don't know, I honestly don't know what we, what we would have done. Our, our support system, the people that we hung out with, the people that we were in accountability groups with, all of that, the coming and going of life, literally everything we did was centered around Grace Life. And some of that was because that's all we had. Right. And without it, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what our life would even have looked like or how our marriage would have looked because from the beginning it flavored everything that we did. Right. And some of that goes to Jono really while we were doing our marriage counseling, driving home to us the importance of local church. Right. Yeah. You have to be in the local church. If you're right. a Christian, you are made. God created you to be in the local church. Mm-hmm. And that flavors how you parent, 
That flavors how you interact with your spouse, how you interact with people. It's everything is local church centered. And right. so that's what our life looked like was it looked like Grace Life. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, you want to add anything to that? And I would say just for a young marriage, I mean, Nathan and I've known each other for a long time since youth camp. Right. But I would say that was a whole new phase of our life that we mm-hmm. were kind of embarking on in a new place. Right. We really, at, up to this point, had not been in the same location for five plus years. So, right. in just us again getting to know each other at the marriage level of going to church was helpful into what our daily routines looked like, what our time in the Word looked like. You know, filling up your cup at the beginning of the week and going on Wednesdays were vital for us as a young couple to also connect in a young marriage. Like, I mean, right. I feel very passionate about that with a young, like with young couples, maybe mm-hmm. in the pre-engagement class or looking for a spouse. Like, I think that has got to be, if it's not a natural thing to you, like it was for us at the beginning, it's got to become that. Yeah, absolutely. So that it can aid your marriage for the better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to have those hard conversations sometimes about those the doctrinal and the theology, and then also just get filled up. Yeah. Just be there, being there with him is one of my favorite things during the week. Right. Worshiping alongside your spouse is a beautiful picture. Amen. I mean, if your marriage is the picture of Christ and his church, then what better way to do that than yeah. to worship together in church and just get filled up for the week so that when you go out into the world, it's you don't get dinged up too much. Right. And then you have somebody to go back to and kind of converse on those things, like what right. you've what you've gone home and heard of. It's like, okay, well, what did this, what do you mean by this? Or right. this was what I got out of this. And then your conversation is sweet throughout the whole week. Yeah. Hey, I think, I believe the other thing is it. our conversation became local church-centered as mm-hmm. well because all we had was to talk about was work or church. Like that's little as bit, a young couple. A little bit of baseball. And baseball. Right. Sports. Nathan or helped me coach some little league stuff. <laughs> that's right. Years, that's right. So did um, mix a little bit of that in. I guess those early years, even before the baseball, that's all we did. And yeah. you don't have kids. You don't have, you know, what else is there to talk about? What you do at work, what you do at church, and then how bad Laura's Alabama Crimson Tide beats up on my Yeah, I started saying you, you can't have any football conversations. <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, all right, so you guys are – you're at Grace Life now. You're, you're married, newly married, establishing work relationships, obviously establishing yourselves in the local church. So – and that was 2015, mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in there. So we're seven years from that now. So give me just a quick rundown. And, Nathan, obviously you're on staff now, so you have a very different spot than most people are going to have. But even before you came on staff, you guys, tell us a little bit about how you involved yourself, some different areas you've served in here at Grace Life and uh, what those were like and, and maybe how the Lord used those you know, to grow you in your walk with Him. So give, give us some, uh, you know, a few examples of some of the ways you've served here at Grace Life through the years. Definitely small groups. I have a passion for small groups. That was something that when I came here I think was – the most surprising was how small groups were handled and how it was run and how it made a, a large church feel like a small local family. Right. Um, and so from the beginning, I was always going to come to small groups. If there were any kind of activities around small groups, I would do that. Uh, then as time went on, I be, and I be, after I became a member, I became a small group leader. I've taught 
So who's your first class? Who did you lead with? I'm trying to remember what my first one was. I believe it was with James Vance. And we had And they eight, like gave you the pro. Yes. To serve with right off the bat. Thank right? goodness. <laughs> because we had eighteen to twenty five year old single guys. Yeah. And it was it was a good class, but it was a challenge. So we we did that. I then I think I went to I don't think I'm forgetting one. Uh, then I went into third grade boys. Taught with Tyler Ferris. We taught third grade boys. That was different than eighteen to twenty five year olds, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Right. Uh, right? <laughs> there may be more similarities between the children and adults than we would like to admit, right? Yes, absolutely. I did that, helped with True Church Conference, you know, was a greeter. Really, I just did whatever I was asked to do. Blake Keenum, he was a children's guy when I first, well, at some point when I got here, he became the children's guy. Right. He had asked me to help him on Wednesday nights, so I did wreck every Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night for the children's department. My Our, our mindset was whatever they asked us to do, We'll do it because we're just, especially for me, I had come from not having a local church. So I finally got one. I was like, listen, I will do anything I have to do to help them because right. this is this is like a lifesaver. I can't, I can't explain how important it was for me to, to do anything that I could to, to help Grace Life because it was, it literally meant the world to me to be here and have a, a, a good church to be a part of. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Laura, what about you? I think the first year I served in small groups was college i taught with in college girls so who did you who who else was with that class i was with amy thomas and then the guys was mark tucker and Corey thomas and we did we did a lot of things together with the guys class kind of keep it cohesive but i had college girls i had a great group of girls that year and then i taught third grade okay so nathan was with tyler third grade boys i was with taylor best third grade okay. girls All right. i had prentice that year oh yeah, one of the fowler kids yeah I had one of the fowler kiddos they were they were wonderful then i've done choir okay yeah i'm involved with choir you've done preschool choir i've done preschool choir or the nathan and i were talking about that yesterday yes. around some preschool choir somehow stuff, i ended up so. being the person that does the bell signs <laughs> You feel those, pressure when you're holding those bells. I feel so much hands. pressure. <laughs> I'm not musically inclined. I don't know how. <laughs> but I, I probably can just hear, thought you could flip. Cards, I could hear it right? enough to do it. But that is, I mean, talk about making me sweat. That is the most nerve wracking because people are like, I love the bells, which I love them too. But you want them to sound right, correct with the music. <laughs> but now I serve in first grade. Okay. I've done that for the last three years. I think I took a break when I had Gracie. Okay. And went back to. Margo and Sandra's class, and I'm also a member in Juanita and Miss Pat's class now as an associate, but I've been in first grade with Malia Hildreth for the last three small okay. group years. All right, great. Um, so you guys are here, you're serving, and really you're just available, right? I mean, yes. hey, just however the Lord needs to serve, and I, I really think that's, and, and Brother Jeff, I know in his preaching on spiritual gifts, a lot of times has said, hey, if you want to know your spiritual gift, just be available, serve, and it seems like the Lord eventually puts you in a spot, mm-hmm. and Nathan, I would say that that's that's definitely kind of how the Lord has done with you. Yes. And so, at some point, as as Blake Keenum is is kind of moving on towards Canada, and he's going to pastor, and we begin to to pray about we need someone for children's ministry. And Blake had done that, I believe, I believe for like three years or so. Blake had had done that, and so. Really, you were one of the first ones when Brother Jeff and I began to talk. Nathan, your name was one of the first ones that popped up and said, you know, I, Nathan might be a guy. He's serving. He's faithful. Uh, you know, Blake had, had already been using you some, you know, to, to, to come there on Wednesday nights. I know Blake spoke real highly of you as well. And so 
Walk us through a little bit. Now you're, you're transitioning from just, you know, layperson. You're here. You're, you're working a job that you had a degree in, you know, right. and that I believe you were very satisfied in. You enjoyed yes. your work. It wasn't like that was something that dissatisfied you in any way. But walk us through a little bit now kind of your journey to, to be on staff here at Grace Life. And then we'll talk a little bit about, because that's definitely part of you guys' Grace Life story, you know, as we move forward right. of, of you being now a staff member here at Grace Life and serving on that side of the curtain, so to speak. I guess I could roll it back to when I thought maybe the Lord might start to call me into some form of ministry. I was a lot younger. I didn't know what that would look like. I never really told anybody about that. So I believe the Lord started bringing me to a place of of being called into some form of ministry, um, but I didn't, had no idea what it was going to look like. As I was, Matt said, I was working with Blake with kids. I was doing rec, doing a little bit of teaching there. Matt asked me to if I'd ever thought about bivocational ministry, and I thought, I don't know about kids. Like, I didn't have any at the time. Laura was pregnant. I don't know, but prayed about it, and I sure. The job that I had was great. I loved my job. Got to be outside some, got to work with good people. I never woke up and, and thought, man, I've got to go to work today. But as I came on part-time, bivocational, the Lord just started turning that job that was a good job, that was a, a job that I enjoyed kind of into to gravel in my mouth. I, it became the thing that I did just so I could pay the bills in order for me to do my stuff here at Grace Life and be the children's leader, children's activities director. The more I did it, the more it became that way. And I got a couple opportunities to preach. Every time I did it, I walked away and I thought, I'm supposed to be doing this kind of thing. Right not helping people with where their dirt is going or how to control water problems, right? right. That, that was not what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I believe I was part-time, you can correct me, was it a year and a half, two years? Yeah, somewhere in there, that sounds right. Then Brother Jeff offered me the position at a staff planning retreat, right. and uh, he offered me the, job, the full-time job, and I didn't have to think about it. Yep. I mean, I was, I, was, I was ready and said yes, and I've been on staff, I guess, this is going on three years now, right. full time. Right. Love it. It's it's great, yeah. and uh, getting a lot of other opportunities now outside of children's, helping Brother David with small groups. And Brother David often brings up the fact that when I first came here, he asked me what it is that I would want to do, like if I could just pick what I wanted to do in the next ten years. And I I told him I wanted his job. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was what kind of prompted him to start thinking that way. But that's just kind of. Kind of where I am now. I love, I love my job. Love, right. love working here. It's a completely different from working. I worked about ten years in the secular world. It's completely different. Yeah. Um, I was I, actually my next question was going to be. So once you got here full time, were there one or two things that you thought? Okay, I never thought that ministry would be this. Oh, yeah. Were there any of those <laughs> moments that you thought? Okay, I love this, but I'm not real sure about what I just got myself into. So, Well, the very first week that I was here, I believe all of you guys were on a hunting trip, except for maybe Brother Tim, who was probably on vacation. I just remember the very first week that I was here, I had to do all the announcements and everything, and Dr. Seal, who wasn't on staff at the time, preached. Oh, you were uh, in, So you were in at that point. Again, you, got, you seem to get baptized by fire in yes. a lot of things in your life. Maybe, <laughs> yes. So. so that first week, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, Brother Matt came along and was like, you might want to start thinking about this. <laughs> You've got a lot of stuff coming down the road. Um, so there was that. And then definitely the first one was immediately after I got 
hired, I believe, or I might not have even been fully. No, I was. We went to camp, and uh, we're on a bus. This is kids camp. Oh, kids oh camp. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I do remember kids. <laughs> so, yeah, first kids camp. So we're on a, a school bus, which we don't do anymore because right. of this very thing. Yeah. We're on a school bus going to Pisgah camp to know him, and we were had just passed the rocket in Huntsville. And the tires blew out on the bus. Yeah, I remember that. And so we had given the kids a meal on the bus, timed it where they would hit, hit the bathroom about the time we got <laughs> to Pisgah. Well, we sat on the side of the road for about three hours at least in a school bus on the busiest high, or interstate in Huntsville, waiting on somebody to come and fix it up. All the kids had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we had to like ship some of them to the idle space and rocket center. Idle time in children's ministry oh, is is very bad, right? Yes. So, yes. so had that happen when the tire flew off, a piece of the tire flew off. A guy ran over it. Well, he called the police. <laughs> We're sitting outside the bus. He's taking pictures of the bus. The police. He's called the police officer to come. That I don't know what he thought we were going to do. Uh, <laughs> But it became a whole thing. The police officers were there. The guy was mad. Tire was blowed out. Kids had to go to the bathroom. The air conditioner didn't work on the bus. Welcome to ministry. And I was, yes, Laura was on the bus with me, I believe. Weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Laura was there with me. It was extremely hot. We were like sitting in a tin can. And uh, I thought, man, what a blessing (laughs) it is to do this. Um, So. I remember I think for some I think I was headed down for just that first day to just to kind of be yes. there in case you needed me. But I think Mark and Leah Tucker maybe were they were driving and so me and Kristen and Mark and Leah had like we were like forty five minutes ahead of y'all and we had stopped at like an Arby's or yes. something and you called and I guess the proper thing would have been if I would have drove back. But I, I just it thought man not, Nathan's it, got it. Man, you it know, wouldn't he have, can handle this. It wouldn't have helped at Welcome all. Welcome to Grace. Thankfully Life. we had a very calm bus driver that handled yeah. everything well, yeah. handled the the disgruntled guy well. Yeah. Police officer handled it all well, but yeah. By the time we got to to camp to know him, I was gassed. <laughs> then we had that night we had a, a kid throw up on the third <laughs> third bunk. Um, oh, yeah. The next night we had another issue with a kid that got sick, and by the time I came back from that first kids camp, <laughs> I think we got home about twelve. I hit the bed at like one, and I might have woke up like the next day. Yeah. I was just gassed, yeah. but wow. I didn't expect that right, kind of thing right, at all yeah. for sure yeah. there's been a lot of that kind of stuff but it's it's been good it's all been good yeah or what about you like okay so you you guys are lay people and now your husband's on staff so has it has it been different being the wife of a staff member at grace life i, I obviously can't speak to that i guess my wife could as well but what what's that like for you in the realm of grace life no okay everybody's good. treated me the same yeah. <laughs> everything is been fine now as far as like if you go out to job and you're like what did your husband do he's like right this at grace life oh yeah. and then yeah that falls. place right yeah <laughs> so but it opens some good doors for conversation but right. yeah then they they automatically kind of change how they right. act or yeah. say or talk around yeah. me but that doesn't affect us i mean i love it i mean i had kind of sensed maybe not as early as what nathan did about his ministry call but right Early in our marriage, and when we did start serving here, I kind of did start seeing right. a few little, I guess, signs of, hey, I'd like to do this. Right. This is really neat. Yeah. It's kind of funny going back now, thinking about the time you did come to Shelbyville Mills and preach. I think right. Kristen was pregnant with Ezra. Yeah. And I don't remember, but I do remember this one thing I thought. I looked at Kristen and I thought, 
it'd be really cool to be her friend one day. <laughs> like that is uh, the truth. Have I not? Have a, I mean, no, I thought she, that'd be really cool to be she their friends. <laughs> and I think that's kind of cool now that yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, Gracie was with Kristen for the first few months of her life while yeah. at work. Yeah. Kristen helped me. Um, she ca- now she calls her Christmas or something. Yeah, she right. calls her Christmas. Right. So little things like that that have just been a, a blessing. I mean, and we have a great group of staff wives, yep. Miss Lynn and Miss Pam, and all of them welcomed me with open arms. The right. first Christmas party little hangout we get yeah. to have every year. I mean, it's just like being with your gal pals and hanging out. And yeah. But I can also go to them if I need them. Right. I mean, I could call them up at any time and... They say okay. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're just my sisters in Christ, but they're my friends and as a young pastor's wife, they can serve me well. Yeah. Uh, I think count that as a blessing. I mean, it makes me kind of emotional because I think I do love them very much and I look I look up to them. Right. And I want to be like them. Yeah. In many ways. Sure. And it's a beautiful thing cuz we all do different different stuff. I mean, right. there's grandmothers, there's people, there's some of us that work, some of us don't. Right. right. Some of us haven't and now have, do yeah. work. And mm-hmm. that is a beautiful picture, too, because we just kind of have all that common. We have that common bond, but we all are so different. Right. So, yeah. So, I, you know, just in, I mean, I, I think providence is a good way of kind of describing you guys' Grace mm-hmm. Life story. When you think about uh, not only your, your conversion and, and then eventually, you know, getting to a place like Shelbyville Mills, and, and, and there's some ties between us and Shelbyville Mills, obviously. And then, you think about your your schooling, and then you think about work, and you think about eventually how you got here, and then you serve, and now you're on staff. And, uh, you know, I, we can look back on those things, I think, a lot of times now, and we can think, man, we never would have pieced that together in that order and in that way. And yet we we know from God's Word that He was at work in all of that, you know, to, to ultimately bring about your particular grace life story for his glory, but then also for you guys good. And, you know, so you guys now have two kids and bringing them up here at grace life and, and serving the Lord. So just maybe to, to think about how we wrap things up, um, you know, just a, maybe a summary statement or two about your time at grace life and, and maybe an encouragement. I guess that's what I would think about this toward others who are out there concerning local church life, particularly here at Grace Life, and um, just a, a summary statement or two about your time here at Grace Life and what you're looking forward to in the future as you serve the Lord here. Well, our time here, I guess it's been, what, seven, eight years that we've been, that I've been here and that Laura's been here, literally, and I don't say this lightly, um, without Grace Life, I don't know where we would be. I don't know what we would be doing. I do know that I would be miserable because I was miserable before before I got here. Right. Grace Life has meant everything to to us, to our family. Grace Life loves our children. When Gracie walks through the church, I always joke with Laura, she's a celebrity here. Everybody <laughs> loves her. Everybody talks to her. And she gets the benefit of being raised in a biblically healthy church, surrounded by hundreds of people that genuinely love her and desire for her to be a Christian. Right. Um, and the same will be said for Nolan. I'm sure he hasn't had enough time to really get famous, <laughs> I guess. But without Grace Life, I don't know where we'd be. It has meant the literally the world to our family. Uh, it's changed my life. It's changed my profession in a way that I never thought would ever happen. Right. And as an encouragement, I would say, if you're in the area, give Grace Life a try. If you're not, do everything you can possibly do 
to find a church that's at least striving to be biblical. Because as a, as a believer, you can't survive without having a local church. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah. Amen. Laura, you want to add to that? I would second everything that he said. Okay. I would go back to even just being in a young marriage, maybe you're away from home and not in your, if you were a local church couple like we were, mm-hmm. to strive to continue to find that if you're not, you right. know, able to be in your home church or you're out of state, town, moving. But if you don't have a local church, I would encourage to, you to find one. Yep. Because again, you would find family. You would more than likely find people that love you and genuinely care about you in ways that the world cannot give you. You get spiritually fed by preaching of the word. And I would say it's vital to your everyday life. Sure. I mean, it, Grace Life is in my daily, it's in yeah. my daily life through my husband's job, but even before that, it right. was too. So Amen. it doesn't take being on staff at a church to have that. I mean, you've got to, you, but if you're a member and if you strive to be involved in something like that, you're going to get every every benefit right. of, back to at you from that local church. And um, we know that that's biblical, but I would say it again to anyone that would be questioning the benefit of being in a local church consistently, that if the effort that you put in is definitely given back to you tenfold through numerous, numerous ways. Well, Nathan and Laura, thank you for hanging out with us and telling us a little bit about your Grace Life story. We hope this is an encouragement uh, not only to the folks here at Grace Life, I do think it's good for our folks to remember how God brings us together and works in our lives and knits our hearts together as a local church, but also maybe for anybody else who picks this podcast up and gives it a listen. I hope it's an encouragement for them to find a sound local church, one in which they can hear the preaching of God's Word and, and have God transform their lives and their hearts through their involvement in the local church setting. So thank you guys for hanging out with us and being willing to answer a lot of questions today, all right? We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.